Puffin Publishing changes their mind, sort of. Joe Biden tries to get out of going to Palestine, Palestine, Ohio, but the optics are horrible. So we'll have to see what he's going to do. And Mickey is going to be pissed. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Now, I hope my voice doesn't sound too bad. I'm trying to change the pitch to make sure if I go at a higher pitch, I sound like I'm I'm death on wheels. Uh, it, nothing bad. It's just a little bronchitis. Uh, doing a lot of coughing and things like that, but I'm extremely congested. So if I sound really annoying, I apologize. Uh, I don't think this is going away anytime soon because I feel great. There's nothing wrong with me. But, oh, the voice is just terrible. And everyone I walk around, every time I walk around, everyone thinks I have COVID because I end up coughing and, you know, to get rid of the congestion and I'm sniffing. It just, everything is there. And everyone looks at me like you're not wearing a mask or anything. You know what? It's not a mask thing. This is, this is non-transmissible. I can't get anyone, I can't get anyone sick. Now, tomorrow I won't be doing a podcast because I have to go to my grandmother's funeral. And one of the things I'm afraid of is I'm afraid that I'm going to go to this funeral and everyone is going to hear me and then we're going to, I'm going to hear about it from my family. Now I'm not particularly close with my family, but I I have a feeling that, you know, this is the kind of thing that, so they don't even know that I haven't talked to any of them. So they don't even know that I've got this whole thing going. I think the best thing I'm going to do, and essentially what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the funeral and leave. So I'm not even going to be talking to many people. I'm sure my uncles, I'll talk to them. Uh, I don't have a relationship with any of my sisters, so that's not going to be a thing. But, God, I'm afraid of what they're going to say when I actually speak. So, I don't know. We're going to have to see. So, again, tomorrow there will be no podcast. Maybe that's a good thing, so maybe I can rest my voice a little bit. And I hope this doesn't sound as bad as it sounds to my own ears. Okay, so another thing that I find very interesting, I write my scripts usually the day before I do the podcast. And the thing is, on the weekends, because Joe Biden takes vacations all the time, over 300 since he's been president. Can you imagine? He's been president for two and a half years and he's taken 300 days of vacation. And by vacation means he's not at the White House. I'm sorry, he goes to Delaware every weekend. That's a vacation. He's not at the White House. Now, he may be working per se. We, I doubt he is because you know, he's 187 years old and he probably needs the rest. But 300 days and he's been president for two and a half years. There are 365 days in a year. The guy has taking a, taken a year of vacation. He just passed 300 days this weekend. This is an absolutely incredible thing. I, I, I He's taken a year of vacation in the two years he's been in office. 
incredible. Okay, so let's get to the news. Oh, anyway, so what I was saying was, usually Sundays there's not a lot of news. I, I was digressing. I'm sorry. I, there wasn't a lot of news. And so I wrote my script, right? Just picked out news stories, essentially is what I did. And then Monday, you get a ton of news stories. Or Sunday, Sunday during the day, ton of news stories pop out. And we're going to have to cover these. These are big. So let's, let's go into our first uh, story. Um, it turns out there's another conspiracy theory that turned out not to be a conspiracy theory. So according to the Wall Street Journal, quote, the U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the COVID pandemic most likely arose from a laboratory leak. According to Classified Intelligence Report, recently provided by the White House and key members of Congress, the shift by the Energy Department, which previously was undecided on how the virus emerged, is noted in an update to a 2021 document by the Director of National Intelligence, Avril Haines' office. The new report highlights how different parts of the intelligence community arrived at disparate judgments about the pandemic's origin. The Energy Department now joins the Federal Bureau of Investigation in saying the virus likely spread via a mishap at the Chinese laboratory. Four other, by the way, we've been saying this forever. I, I, never, I never thought that China did it on purpose. Okay, I gave them the benefit of the doubt there. But I thought, yeah, they're so incompetent over there. They probably were doing research on this virus, and oops, someone caught it. By the way, there are Chinese dissidents, people who left China and moved to America, who say they even know the individual that left the place got sick and died. They know who did it. So we've been talking about this for years. And people from China who were virologists were saying, yeah, no, it was out of this Wuhan lab. Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of it. Now, the Energy Department, this is a big deal, because the Energy Department is one of the, I think it's one of the departments that is the most brilliant in the government. These guys, when they say that this virus came these are real scientists, not like the CDC, Anthony Fauci, the NIH. These guys are actual scientists. And they said, well, you know, it, it's looking like this came from this this came from a a lab and it looks like China accidentally released this thing. Right? And then and this is our evidence. And now the Wall Street Journal is basically saying the FBI is admitting, yeah, this probably came from a lab. Here's, the big secret is we knew this already. The whole someone ate a bat thing just didn't make a hell of a lot of sense. The, the coincidence that the Wuhan lab is five miles away from the 
or uh, the ground zero looks seems to me to be very obvious. And I've said this before. And as far as China, well, we don't do this because it's against the Geneva Convention. China lies constantly. They are still saying China has been locked down for two and a half years. They have shut their economy down for two years. Why? Because 5,000 people died. That's what they're reporting. They lied about how the virus is transmitted. They've lied about absolutely everything. And they're still lying about it. So China, of course, is denying this report. Of course, if you're a normal, sane person, you don't care what China's got to say because they lie about everything. They're still lying. I mean, they're still lying about the balloon they sent over the United States. I mean, they're saying, well, Xi Jinping didn't know about it. I mean, finally, they've at least admitted it was a spy balloon, but they're saying that the government didn't know about it. Sure, sure. And by the way, China benefited from all this. I mean, it's not like China is really upset that they've killed probably a few million of their own people. And by the way, that's probably who's dead. There was one picture released something like three years ago of 35,000 um, urns of, of cremated civilian pop, civilians, all from COVID, who died from COVID. And that was just one picture, and it was two and a half years ago. So them saying they had 5,500 dead, it, it's all crap. But they benefited from this, and they don't care about their people. Let them die. The United States shut their, their economy down. The United States government proved they can control the population. The masking crap, the, the uh, vaccine crap. Everyone, all of us ran around. Well, most of us. I did. I did. I, I will tell you, I played sheep. I got vaccinated. What a mistake that was. Well, I mean, I don't think it was a mistake, but I, I don't think it did anything. I got, I, I've had COVID three times. The whole thing about natural immunity, no one's paying attention to. Just the lie after lie after lie. And the fact that the COVID fear-mongering, which is still going on to this day, has given rise to all this woke crap, okay, and all this great reset crap that you're hearing about. ESG, for example, all this stuff is being pushed today because of COVID. The environment, this government is pushing, pushing, pushing environmental regulations because this shows us the environment is far more dangerous than COVID and look what we had to do for COVID. Well, yeah, no, not going to buy it. I, I Here's a question I have, okay? Here's a question I really do have. Now that we know all this crap is true, that our conspiracy theories are not conspiracy theories, they're actually conspiracies, all right? What happens now? Is uh, Anthony Fauci going to be held liable? By the way, a lot of the conspiracy theories came from emails back and forth between Anthony Fauci 
and other scientists and other doctors in other departments. And now we're finding out, and no, I'm sorry, now we're not finding out. We knew about this. We're finding out that the, NI, the NIH, which is the, where Fauci leads, was funding the Wuhan again of fun- function experiments. We know this now. That's not a, a, it's not a thing. What's going to happen with Anthony Fauci? What's going to happen with the CDC? What's going to happen with the NIH? What's going to happen with their funding? Is someone going to jail? What are we going to do with China? China put us in trillions of dollars of debt by shutting our system down. I mean, are we going to expect reparations from China? Of course not. No one's going to do a damn thing. That includes Republicans, by the way, not just Democrats. Republicans aren't doing crap either. I want to. I want China to be held responsible. I want China to forgive all our debt. They own most of our debt. I think we should just not even think of China. Ignore them. I don't think you can do that. But then we also have what's going to happen now at a social level. Is YouTube going to restore all my podcasts? I mean, they have banned about 20 of my podcasts. Are they going to restore them all? Because everything... By the way, when I do these podcasts, it's not my brilliant intellect that I am proclaiming here. It's not. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not coming with all these great ideas. Some of them are great ideas. Some of them are mine. But the reality is, everything that I talk about is typically something that I've read on the internet, read in a news site, and things like this. So the podcast they banned was not me going off on nothing. This is stuff that is referenced. That's why I tell you, go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, go take a look at the, the links I have. I'm not making this stuff up. What about all this stuff? Am I going to get apologies? For being, for being banned because of misinformation? How am I going to get my Twitter account unsuspended? It was suspended twice because of misinformation about COVID. I have been, before Elon Musk took over, I've been suspended from Twitter about five times because I said things. Not even things that were controversial. I got suspended for posting a link once. It wasn't even my idea. Are we going to get an apology from the mainstream media who's been lying to us for the last two and a half years? Are we going to get an apology from social media? Facebook is still banning. YouTube is still banning for misinformation. And the reality is, it's not. Heck, this is it. I'd be happy if just someone would investigate some of this stuff. And we're not seeing anything happening. Someone asked me, am I a Republican or Democrat? I said, I'm, I'm neither. I'm an independent. I'm a registered independent because both parties suck ass. And I, I, I'm, I'm a conservative. The Republican Party isn't conservative. The Republican Party should be doing something about this. They're not doing anything. And I don't expect the Democrats to do anything. This is a huge story. And for some reason... No one is talking about it. I take it back. Fox News is talking about it. They just spent a half hour on one of their shows talking about this theory. And 
I guarantee you, Tucker tonight will be talking about this because this is a huge story. All right. So Ron DeSantis just screwed the mouse and took one step closer to be president, I, I personally think. I think this was a great move. According to Fox News, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday signed a bill, that's today, signed a bill into law that ends Disney's self-governing power and puts the media giant under the control of the state board. Quote, since the 1960s, they've enjoyed privileges unlike any company or individual in the state of Florida has ever enjoyed, end quote, DeSantis said at a news conference held at a firehouse minutes away from Disney World. Quote, they had exemptions from laws that everyone else had to follow. They were able to get huge amounts of benefits without paying their fair share of taxes. Brilliant statement. Brilliant statement. Because you know the left-wing media is going to flip about this. And the one thing they can't say is, well, I mean, they're going to protect the corporate giant, which they spend all day demonizing every corporate giant except the woke ones. Well, they can't say that. Disney hasn't been paying taxes. Uh, and con continuing, quote, how do you give one theme park its own government and then treat all the other theme parks differently, end quote, DeSantis asked. Quote, so we believe that was not a good policy. We believe that being joined at the, at the hip with this one California-based company was not something that was, just, was justifiable or sustainable, end quote. He added that Disney will be treated like SeaWorld and other theme parks in the state. So how does this screw Disney? Pretty big time. Okay, Disney was allowed to build things and skip state building codes. They didn't have to be inspected by state regulators. So they would build a, let's say, a, 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 a roller coaster, and they would go in and have their own inspection crews and their own regulations, and they didn't have to go through the state. And they were able to build hotels this way, they owned the land. They had their own uh, plumbing. They had their own wiring. Everything they took care of. Now, the good the good news for Disney, they also didn't have to pay taxes. And the reason, of course, they had their own fire department. They have their own police department. When you're in Orlando and you're staying in Disney Park, and I've been to Orlando, and Chad's been there. I, I'm sure Dave's been there. We, we've all been there. It's it's a it's its own little city. They have their own little government. Well, they decided Disney decided, and they're from California. Anaheim is where they're they're uh, headquartered in Anaheim, California, about thirty minutes from where I'm sitting right now. And they brought their woke blue. Democratic leftist BS to Florida, and they got sick and tired of it. And this is basically Disney's fault. They were a state within the state, and they effed it up by going against the state. Now this whole crap started with the when Disney began ripping Florida over its Parental Rights and Education Act. 
that they called the don't say gay bill or the media called the don't say gay bill. By the way, the seven page act, seven pages, you could read it. Anybody could read it. Gay was not mentioned once in the bill. They started ripping they started ripping Florida over this bill. And basically what the bill said, I mean, I mean, what the bill said, it was seven pages, wasn't that much. What the bill said was that if your kid decides to say he's a trans, you have to tell the parents. And anything you teach the kids, you have to tell the parents. You can't teach the kids that uh, the little boy here is a girl. You can't do that. You can't bring it up. That's all the bill said. The bill also got rid of things like pornography. So you see these books, like the gender book and, and crap like that. You're not allowed to have those. That's it. That's all the bill did. And by the way, it's working. People are thrilled with it. Parents are thrilled with it. Virginia went red because of this crap. And, and that's all the bill said. So they saw Disney saw this coming, by the way. They saw this coming. Uh, Bob Chapek, who was the CEO at the time, he's been fired, and now we've got good reason why he was fired. He sat back and said, um, hey, listen, he was talking to DeSantis, I think it was back in June of 2022. He said to DeSantis, Hey, you know something? I, I understand, blah, 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 but I can't control these woke employees. You're the CEO of Disney. Fire them. It's really that simple. Disney is not a woke company. There is a small minority of woke employees. Unfortunately, those woke employees are middle management. You need to fire those employees. By the way, Twitter, we saw this with the Twitter files. Twitter was run not by the CEO, but by the woke middle management. Fire them all. That's what Elon Musk did when he took over Twitter. And we found out that that um, the former CEO, uh, Jack, I can't remember his name, Jack whatever his name is, uh, he sat back and said, yeah, I didn't know anything that was going on in Twitter with the suspensions of conservative uh, voices, with the um, blocking of certain content, like the New York content, like the New York Post story concerning Hunter Biden. He didn't know any of that. This is the problem with most companies today. They're not run by the upper management. They're run by middle management, and middle management is all woke. So Chapek, who now it's not a big surprise that he was fired, has been replaced by Bob Iger, and Bob Iger doesn't seem to be doing anything different. I mean, he's, he's still letting the woke middle management run things. As we saw with with the videos, they just re Disney just released. So, hey, here's another example: go woke, go broke. So good for Ron DeSantis; he's one step 
closer to becoming president of the United States. Speaking of go going woke and going broke, last week we talked about this. Last week, Puffin Publishing decided to write, decided they were going to rewrite Roland Dahl's books to make them politically correct. Um, Matilda, uh, James and the Giant Peach, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, all those were going to be rewritten. And I mean rewritten. When I gave you some examples of some of the changes they were going to make, okay, uh, those were just a few examples. Apparently, each book was going to have hundreds of revisions. I don't mean 100, hundreds of revisions. They were basically going to go out and change the books. They were going to go out there and rewrite the books. By the way, continue to buy paper-based books. Buy them now. I already bought Roland Dahl's books, a whole set. I'm waiting for it to come for my grandkids. I want them to be able to read Roland Dahl. And because I read them when I was started reading. At 13, 12, 13, I started reading a lot. And I read his books. They were great. They were better than some of the movies. Char I, I, okay, I'm going to digress again, which means I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do another podcast today and publish it tomorrow because there's no way I'm getting through all this crap with five minutes left. <coughs> but Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is an extremely dark book. The one where Gene Wilder plays it, which I love the movie. I thought it was a great movie. It was all happy and joyous and all this crap. I got news for you. Dahl's book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, was a very dark book. The Oompa Loompas. Um, the movie that Johnny Depp did with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was actually very accurate. It's a very dark book. And it was... It was funny, and it was it had a great ending and all of that crap, but the reality is it was a very dark book. Matilda, extremely dark book. I Well, the movie, I think, I never saw the movie Matilda, but with DeVito and with um, that other gal, but it was a very dark book, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the movie was pretty much dark too. A lot of child abuse, child neglect, things like that. It was in those books. Well, that's not woke. You can't call a kid fat. Things like, it's just, you don't, you don't rewrite a man's writing. Especially a man who is dead. So Puffin Publishing which is a subsidiary of Penguin Random House. It's amazing how these Random House, Penguin, and Puffin used to be three different companies. Now they're one giant company, which I, I think personally, I find more disturbing. So Puffin decided, okay, they, they're hearing all the outrage. So this is what they did. Uh, the... Um, uh, the president of Puffin's parent, uh, Penguin Random House, which is Puffin's uh, parent company, she was released a statement. She said this, 
At Puffin, we have proudly published Rolled, Rolled Dolls Stories for more than 40 years in partnership with Rolled Dolls Story Company. Their mischievous spirit and his unique storytelling genius have delighted the imaginations of readers across many generations. We've listened to the debate over the past week, which has reaffirmed the extraordinary power of Dahl's books and the very real questions around how stories from another era can be kept relevant for each new generation. By the way, keeping a story relevant doesn't mean changing the story. I mean, we're seeing a lot of that crap. And by the way, this is happening everywhere. The Roland Dahl's books are being hit because they are that popular. But I'm sure a lot of the lesser stories out there, the lesser authors, maybe Beverly Cleary, don't think those books aren't being edited already and being re-released that way. Oh, I'm digressing. Okay, let's go. Continuing with her statement, as a children's publisher, our role is to share the magic of stories with children with the greatest thought and care. Dahl's fantastic books are often the first stories young children will read independently and taking care for the imagination and fast-developing minds of young readers in both the privilege and responsibility. We also recognize the importance of keeping Dahl's classic texts in print by making both Puffin and Penguin versions available. We are offering readers a choice to decide how to experience Dahl's magic and marvelous stories. Okay, so you've got a choice now. So your choice is read Dahl's original books, the great books that they are, or read somebody else's book. I, that's the choice you have. So read Dahl or don't read Dahl. You get Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and it's rewritten. It's rewritten. And they should actually say that. It's rewritten. This is who wrote it. Or this is the group of writers, woke writers, who decided to read this book. Again, here's my issue. I believe in the purity of words, especially from an author. The reason I read Mark Twain is because Mark Twain is a great author. When you start changing his words to make it more politically correct, that is no longer written by the author. That's written by somebody else. I don't think words should be changed by anybody except the author himself. Now, if Mark Twain decided to rewrite The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn and remove the N-word, fine. I have no issue with that. Just like I have no issue with the gal who decided to make uh, a gal from the Harry Potter series, she decided to make somebody gay. I have no issue with that. She decided to do that. But I do have a problem. That when a guy is dead for 30 years, and then you decide to change the books, obviously, you can't talk to the author about it. Yeah, I got a problem with that. They also, by the way, they also want to do this with Shakespeare. I already said Mark Twain, um, John Steinbeck. They want to change the way everyone writes. 
Now, I also believe this applies to writers that would be considered more leftists. Uh, 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 Writers that the left would embrace. An example would be Toni Morrison. Now, I had to correct myself. I don't think Tony. I don't know if Toni Morrison is a leftist. I have no idea. Okay, I have read all Toni Morrison's books. I love them. They're fantastic. Here's the problem with the left. The left says that we're trying to ban Toni Morrison by not letting her books be in grade schools. Okay, Toni Morrison's books are not for grade school students. They are easy to read. They are very entertaining. But they also contain gang rape, bestiality, um, sex with multiple people. There are things, they're extremely violent. There are things in Toni Morrison's books that just, I'm sorry, the subject matter doesn't belong in a grade school. I would even say don't belong in a high school. I think Clockwork Orange is a fantastic book. I think American Psycho is a fantastic book. I think, well, Less Than Zero, I think is a fantastic book and actually should be in high schools. But these books don't belong in, but for the most part, these books don't belong in schools. Should they be banned? Should they be rewritten? Absolutely not but they may not be appropriate for kids. That's a, Even less than zero, I would say, is not appropriate for kids. Even though that's kind of a coming-of-age uh, coming story. Anyway, I'm going into book reviews and crap like that. Probably shouldn't do that. Well, what's the moral of this story? What is the moral of this story? Moral of this story is buy paper. Don't buy digital. Digital can change. And by the way, all this stuff goes for controversial movies too. For example, Logan's Run, um, Gone with the Wind, uh, even comedies, especially comedies, Tropic Thunder. These movies, these books, they're going to be changed. It's a funny. It's a funny thing. Um, one of the actors in Tropic Thunder was asked. Uh, do you have any regrets? You did. Tropic Thunder had to have been the most politically incorrect movie ever made. Uh, one of the main characters was in blackface the entire movie. I mean, you cannot get more politically incorrect than that. They did everything. Ableism. Everything. Fat phobia. Ableism. Anything you can imagine they did in that movie. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to watch that movie while I'm writing tomorrow's podcast. Yeah, I'm probably going to do tomorrow's podcast because right now I'm skipping stories. And I'm probably just going to do it today and then publish it tomorrow. So, yes, there will be a podcast tomorrow. But this is the problem with woke. They take away, they destroy all that is great. And they destroy all that is great for the destruction of Western civilization. Roan Dahl is part of Western civilization. He is the brilliance that is Western civilization. 
So Shakespeare, Steinbeck, Edgar Allan Poe, any of those people, Mozart, even Tropic Thunder, is all this is part. How about Happy Gilmore? You could not make a Happy Gilmore today. And it's one of the funniest movies ever made. Gone with the Wind, one of the greatest movies ever made. I didn't like it, but the fact of the matter is it was one of the greatest movies ever made. And now, before you watch it, it, it has to give you a it has to give you a, 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 a warning that it could be offensive. Yeah, always buy hard copies of everything because the reality is it's all going to go away. So tomorrow I will be doing a podcast. If there's any brand new news, chances are I'm not going to be knowing about it because I'm not watching the news. I'm going to a funeral, which is kind of sad. But we're going to, and it's not kind of sad, it's very sad. But I will have a podcast released tomorrow. Tomorrow we need to talk about Joe Biden and this this Palestine-Ohio problem. It really is looking ugly for him. We also need to talk about lives of TikTok. They just got canceled for pub by a leftist company for publishing leftist stuff. And of course, one of our other stories that we need to talk about is something that I don't know. I don't think we ever really talk about on this show. Everything is racist. Yep, the racism bug has struck again and uh, now is attacking one of my favorite intellectuals. We'll talk about it tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.